passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And, and at, at Backlash, did I lose? Yes, I'm, I'm man enough to admit that I lost. But, uh, I mean, I didn't tap out because I was in pain. I tapped out because I wanted to get out of the hold quick so I can get right back up and beat the holy hell out of you again. Is Daniel Bryan a loser? Uh, yes! And should Daniel Bryan take his ball, go home, be a stay-at-home father, and let Bree wear the pants in your family? The answer? Oh, Welcome to Rewind a Smackdown. John Pollock and Wei Ting chatting about Smackdown. That's the premise of the show. We do it every Tuesday night. How are you doing, Wei? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Wonderful. Oh, okay. Is that a sarcastic fantastic or? No, no. it's a legitimate one. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. Totally fine. What's a, what's a Tuesday in the day of uh, waiting like these days? What did you do today? Uh, woke up in the, uh, probably at about noon. And, uh. What time did you go to sleep? 6.30. Oh, my God. How do you do it, man? I don't know how you do it. No. I, okay, t- so I, did, I did nap today, actually. 6.30 to noon is not a, that's not a crazy amount of sleep you have. No, but I, I did, I, I napped a little bit today. But, uh, okay. I did not do my nap today. This is the okay. epitome of oh, how old you and I are this, talking about our goddamn napping This is schedule. a fucking <laughs> pathetic conversation. What's going on? Oh, man, dude. It, it's so funny, like. You could not find two more polar opposites than the two of us versus ah ways ways got more of a connection to the youth than me, but uh, to Braden and Davy, who are just we might as well be forty years apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am at least. I won't speak for way. Um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, are you ready to chat smack? Yeah, down? sorry, I, I know you're looking mind? for a bit more banter. Uh, no, I'm I feel not. Like we're, we've we had a, a bit of a longer show yesterday, so I feel like we're a little exhausted on the banter. And uh, uh, I think we are just eager to talk about this edition of SmackDown, aren't we? Not really, but we'll get into it. This is our second night at the O2 Arena in London, England. What did you think about the crowd tonight versus Monday? I would say about the same. Um, 
like loud at parts and then um maybe a little quieter at parts but i would say overall maybe more more maybe a bit louder than monday i it started i can't off. really trust the mix i feel some it's some weird it's off it's definitely off i don't look at this as indicative of this actual crowd that sounds like when you hear live this place is like I hear people live at the arena that they're losing their minds during these segments. And I'm watching on TV thinking there's nothing inherently louder about this crowd versus uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Okay, um, I'm going to go on a, a bit of a, uh, uh, I'm going to get a little bit sidetracked here. Just go on the it. on the topic of uh, audio mixing. I want to ask you about this thing that I just uh, that just came up on the Internet. And I want to ask you, um, I want to play you an audio clip, and you tell me whether you hear the word Laurel or whether you hear the word Yanni, okay? Oh, God. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Laurel. Laurel. What do you hear? I heard Laurel. So did I. So this I and and that was with you prefacing ahead of time. So I was trying to hear for Yanni and did not hear it at all. Can you play yeah, it again? Sure. Laurel, Laurel, hundred percent Laurel, isn't it? Yeah, like no debate. Okay, not 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 an ounce of debate. So I mean, uh, this is the new uh, uh, blue blue and black dress or white and gold dress. It's like. Half the people hear Yanni, half the people hear Laurel, and I cannot, for the life of me, hear Yanni at all. And I'm sure there are people listening who are like, how could you guys hear Yanni? This is 100%. It's weird. I don't know what's going on. I'd love for somebody to explain this, but I guess it comes down to to audio mixing or or frequencies or something like that. What the hell's going on in the world? (sighs) You, You can't trust a thing now. Or you just spend way too much time on things like this. This is going to be a massive, massive thing. That's People going are going on. to go to war over this. Do you know, are you waking up uh, Wednesday morning to watch the Today Show where Kathy Lee and Hoda will have the Bella Twins on? I'm not waking up early for that, uh, but I, I'm sure I will hear and talk, see, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it. Kathy Lee and Hoda are the, are just the recipients of this this great angle that they have come up with. Yeah. Where it's amazingly benefiting all these NBC properties. Yeah, that's right. Amazing. By the way, uh, I, I discovered it is airing at nine at the same time on uh, eCanada. Total, total oh, that's uh, tremendous. Nine okay. o'clock Sunday. Oh, on nine o'clock Sunday, Total Bellas is back. Wei Ting will be in front of his television taking notes furiously for everybody. Uh, also on the Canadian front, uh, mm-hmm. I, I've been asked by many people about the Mora Ranala documentary. So it is airing on TMN2 in Canada, Friday night, May 25th at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. If you have any version of TMN, you probably have TMN2. It's like the block of channels right by HBO if you're on Rogers. So uh, that's going to be... And they replay the hell out of their stuff. So if you miss it on the Friday night, it'll probably air like 100 more times over the next two weeks. There's also a screening if you're in the Toronto area where uh, Moro and uh, some of the producers and directors... Uh, will be a part of uh, as well. So that's on the 27th, I believe. Yeah, Sunday, May 27th at the Regent Theater, which is on Mount Pleasant uh, in Toronto, Sunday night. So uh, I'm going to be going to that 
I believe Wei will, if you are back in time. Yeah, from I'm going to be out of town earlier in the day. I'm definitely going to uh, try my best to be there. So I'm sure we'll talk about that documentary on the, the Monday afterwards or or separately. We'll we'll discuss that at some point. I think it'll be because you and I saw a version of it. But I think that this version is going to be much different. Yeah, um, because it was God, I want to say two years ago, we saw the the edit of that documentary. So I imagine it's going to be much different. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into this episode of SmackDown. Uh, we started off with the big announcement, way AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura. And just when you thought that, that you had gotten rid of that, that final stench, you know when you get sprayed with a skunk and you've got to get rid of that smell and you've got to go through all these trials to get rid of that smell? That's what I thought I had done with Celebrate by Kid Rock. Oh. And then tonight, what happens? The first song blaring out of my television is is Kid Rock, the Hall of Famer himself, playing that damn song for one more time here in May. Mm, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Um, it's okay. I've never been sprayed by a skunk. Have you? You know what? The other night when I was driving home from your place, I think I ran over a dead skunk, oh. and it it smelled for the whole ride home. It was really gross. Oh, wow. I mean, what am what are you to do? It was uh, it was like dead on the highway, and I I'm not a swerver. It's so it's uh anyway, more information than people wanted to know. But from there, uh, we got all of the worldwide coverage of Styles and Nakamura, who apparently performed a miracle that night in New Orleans. Two men that just redefined the industry of professional wrestling with that match, and. One of the headlines that really irked me way was from the outlet Bleeding Cool. Bleeding Cool, mm-hmm. whose quote was, Styles and Nakamura have another dream match. Mm. How, can you, how can you classify something, first of all, as a dream match in hindsight? And second of all, how can it be done multiple times? You can only have a dream match once, and it's to describe something that is something that is a dream aren't you looking forward i was very put off by this comment here it just didn't seem it just didn't make sense yeah. like yeah last week we had a dream match yeah, uh, okay well no you you we you and i are going to have a dream match because people are dreaming of it you don't dream in hindsight right. but they were p- promoting that first wrestlemania match as a dream match you know but then you can't have another dream match after well I, maybe the report was talking about was the report not ta- referring to the wrestle kingdom match it was it was uh, referring to one of the follow up matches oh. because it's a another dream. Match well, I mean, I argue that, that the first match was even lived up to the to the to the I don't know the billing of a dream match. So did or did not did not. Oh, I wouldn't argue that either. But I mean, that's it's just weird. Like, hey, last night we had a dream match. Well, the following weekend we're we're gonna have another dream match. So it sets up tonight's. Uh, I don't know, migraine match between AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, where they're going to have a straight match to choose a stipulation for money in the bank. Yeah. Renee Young's anything to add. No. Renee Young welcomes out Daniel Bryan, who was the most popular man on this show uh, by leaps and bounds. This crowd was not even going to allow Renee to ask her question. Renee powered through this like a professional as this entire audience is chanting Daniel Bryan. I thought this crowd was just going to stand up 
and chant Daniel Bryan for the next 118 minutes of this show. Maybe they did and they just cut it out. <laughs> they could have. He felt so popular here. Oh, yeah. He said that, he, first of all, he was just happy to be back. But now that's not enough. He wants to be on top. He knows he's going to have to scratch and claw his way up. But he will become WWE champion. And he's interrupted by Big Cass, who is... His promo delivery is the closest thing any heel in this industry has that I can compare to Carrot Top. He just does these elaborate, <laughs> wide-ranging sounds and gestures with his hands. I don't like it. Oh, I hate it. I find him so obnoxious. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to ask myself if I actually um, hate him as a heel because I'm supposed to hate him, or if it's the X-Pac type of heat that will would force me to change the channel. I can't really tell right now. Um, would I change the channel? Actually, probably, yes. If I didn't have to do this show. Yeah, I definitely would. Cass would be your tune-out. It's just, like, I liked his, com his uh, promos before this injury. I thought he was a very good talker. Remember when Enzo first got hurt? And Cass was left on his own, and he did a fine job on his own. I don't think he's a bad speaker, but this is, I just don't like the delivery at all. It just seems so, um, yeah, it's a very big turnoff for me. Mm. Hmm. He disagrees about the loss that Brian suffered to Rusev being Brian's first major setback because he takes credit for the win that Rusev got because he beat down Brian at Backlash and he tapped out immediately at Backlash, just so he could get out of the hold quickly to get up and beat Brian, which is not how competition works. And he's going to be a seven-foot shadow following Daniel Bryan around and mocked his 75 minutes in the Greatest Royal Rumble with the highest pitch screeching and even brought up the little person in Montreal, the now-famous Pierre, who at least took the beating with some dignity and says that Brian should stay be a stay-at-home father, let Bree wear the pants, and he did these all by setting them up as questions and then yelling yes. I hated Yo, this. It promo. was painful. Really. Mm, and again, like <laughs> it made me really want to see him get beaten up. So Well, they did achieve that because there was an extra oomph in this audience when Brian beat the shit out of this oh, guy. really? Yeah. Brian just nails him with these forearms in the ring, and then he goes after the knee. He stomps the knee. He wraps it around the post. He chop blocks the knee, and then, channeling the leader of Suzuki-gun, applies a heel hook that he has now introduced into his repertoire, and Cass taps out furiously as the officials run in, I will, I will grade this between the positive reaction. Brian got a superstar level at the beginning and the end beat down with a new established uh, submission for Brian. This was a net positive as a segment, despite Cass's awful, awful uh, down portion of this segment. For sure. For sure. I thought Brian looked great. Um, the beat down was very satisfying. I like that. They finally gave Brian a bit of that, berserker type of you know mean streak and executing that frustration but in a very technical way by going after Cass's knee 
with uh well yeah with 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 that awesome submission and then just uh focusing the attacks uh in many other ways but man i just i hated Cass so much but you know i guess in the end he did a good job because i was really happy to see brian beat the shit out of him we need a name for this heel hook now yeah maybe it could be the uh the baby face hook for brian the baby face hook oh gotcha the Miz came out, he joined commentary, and we had Big E and Xavier Woods against The Bar. I totally forgot about this match they announced last week. So we're going to have The New Day versus The Bar, and the winning team gets to pick one member of their team that gets to enter the Money in the Bank ladder match, if you have got all that straight. I wish we had some context for this match, so I knew that Sheamus is a former football and or a Gaelic football player as he prepared for this match. Hmm. Xavier uh, booted Sheamus off the apron at the start and followed with a Topicon hero. They went through the break. Big E came in, big belly to belly, runs into a Uranagi from uh, Big E. Sheamus goes down from that. The bar came back, double DDT to E. He kicks out. And then Cesaro, in all of his years of using this sharpshooter, this had to be the sloppiest application of the sharpshooter. He had the worst time wrapping Biggie's legs around. Then he stumbled, fell over, applying it, and Corey Graves, just there to make whatever save he can, cites Biggie's powerful legs preventing Cesaro from properly applying it. This is a mess. He definitely had some trouble, yes, which is uh, a bit a bit rare for him, but... Mm, very rare. I mean, he's got really heavy legs. I guess so, yes. Uh, Woods hit a tornado DDT coming into the ring, Big E brought back his running spear to the floor off the apron, taking Sheamus down with him, and that set up Xavier with a top rope elbow pinning Cesaro. Um, overall, good match, though, between these two teams. Yep, and New Day goes in, but we were not told who. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They get to pick whoever to enter the match between the three, and uh, Corey you know, suggested that this might be the, 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 the beginning of some dissension between the three members. I hope it's Big E. I hope he's in this. Hmm. No, I, I personally, I prefer Kofi. I think he's always uh, the best choice for the... He's the expected choice, I would say, for, for these types of uh, Money in the Bank matches. Mm, but I'm, I'm looking for the best candidate that you could actually give this briefcase to. Who would be the one you would isolate uh, of the two? And I just, I just don't see Kofi as being a, I don't think, I, a worthwhile addition to the I don't match. think any of them are candidates. I don't. I don't. I think. I think Biggie could be a. I, I wouldn't be picking him, but would not completely shock. Of me. the people involved in that match, I. I certainly. I mean, I personally wouldn't look at Biggie as a. Last year, Baron Corbin won. Yeah, and that was a total waste. Okay, I don't think Big Biggie would be a much safer pick than Baron Corbin. Mm, yeah, I mean, I. I don't think I would pick any. All, any of the three to be a your or your future world champion within the next year. Uh, therefore, well, one of them's got to go in, though. What? Well, one of them's got to go in. Yeah, so I'm just looking for the guy who who would perform the best in the match, and to me, that's Kofi. But whatever, they, they, I think all three are solid choices. So we've just determined it's going to be Woods. The Bludgeon Brothers had a. They have really upped the production values for the Bludgeon Brothers promos. We got this like very mystical promo. It was uh, brightly lit. And they went through the tag division again. They've got a real obsession with their victims. They stated, 
family is for the weak, as they showed the Usos, who have gone into the witness protection program. Friendship is an abscess waiting to be pierced, as they showed the bar. Joy is a disease, showcasing the new day. And the cure is to bludgeon. We're waiting. Time's up. And another cameraman met his demise. Yeah, yeah. So they're waiting for their next set of challengers. <laughs> We're lost, and we don't know where to go with these folks. Mm. Well, there's not much for them to do right now, is there? Do you think, in, you know, when they called up the authors of Pain, mm-hmm. I thought it was a natural you should keep them separate from the Bludgeon Brothers. Now that we're a month into this, uh, the call-ups, uh, do you think that was the right call? Or do you think maybe that would have been a, a fresh feud for the Bludgeon Brothers and anything for the authors who already feel that they have disappeared? I thought that was the right call uh, because I think you don't want these two to meet because they're the same act. And I don't think either of them can really afford a loss at the moment. Um, the authors, I think, are probably just waiting right now. I feel like they should, really should probably... Uh, they should probably continue with the exhibition matches, you know, just to kind of build them up to the same level as maybe where that where people see the Bludgeon Brothers right now. The Bludgeon Brothers, I mean, I guess you could have them come out and do more squash matches, but uh, I guess there's not that much value in it, you know. Right now, there's only so much TV time, and you need to build up your next set of contenders. With Money in the Bank happening, I don't even know if they'll get a match. I don't even know if there's going to be room for them. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where the authors figured themselves out. Oh, I was talking about Maybe, the Bludgeon Brothers. Oh, okay. I'm t- uh, to me, the authors are another big question mark. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe maybe Kane could come back as a politician, and he's got his scribes. The authors of Kane. I'm just trying. I'm just trying here. Paige was on the phone. They need to really ban these phones. These general managers have to be taking this stuff a lot more serious than they are. She's apparently on the phone with Carmella, who theoretically is backstage. And Paige informs her she was not invited to the royal wedding. Royal wedding. Which I guess informs us that Paige is not a big deal. Mandy and Sonia walk in. And Mandy bragged about beating Becky Lynch last week. Even though Sonia was barred. And she feels that she's now qualified for the ladder match. To which Paige says, no, that was not a qualifying match. This put uh, Ronda Rousey and Nia Jax into uh, at least some competition for the worst acted segment I have watched this week. They are told that they are both going to get matches to qualify for the money in the bank. And they're going to be with Becky Lynch. So they assume it's a handicap match. No, ladies, it will be a triple threat. And then they walked away disappointed. Oh, my God, was this No, it wasn't very good, no. I, I mean, I I wouldn't say it was uh, nearly as bad as I thought the Ronda-Nia Jax thing came off. And not, you know, the stakes obviously weren't as high either for this. Uh, but probably not that, not very good either. Renee interviewed AJ Styles. Renee says, tonight is a WrestleMania caliber main event. It's a dream match. And asks AJ, what stipulation will you pick? And AJ said, you know, Renee, I used to work in TNA when Vince Russo was running creative. So I've got plenty of stipulation ideas that we never even tried back in my day. We've got the inverted scaffold match, a pole on a pole match, or a bull rope 
Hell in a Cell Inferno match. Mm. All matches that I could absolutely buy if someone told me those happened in 2007 in TNA. He also said uh, you could put some security dogs around it. So, And Renee said, wait, that's the one with the refs dressed as Elvis, right? And Renee uh, was the new owner of brand new crickets that were all provided for her via this. Was story. that a reference? I don't know what this was, but it was not funny. Mm, interesting. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I I feel like most of these were references to existing matches. I, I can't quite figure that one out, but maybe somebody out there can. Styles says that Nakamura might not know English anymore, but he does know the international language of forearm to face, and Nakamura cannot beat him in his house. So now that AJ and Paige are on the same show, is there like a lease? on this this house it was mm-hmm. built by aj but is owned it is Paige's house well, correct it, Paige hasn't used that line since she's been on smackdown and i think that's directly uh because of aj they were chanting it at her tonight though when she came they out. were chanting it but chanting, he, she, this is your house no, they were chant- the audience was chanting but she didn't claim it she's like so she what? shows she's leasing mm, she's she's got a guest bedroom she's i mean they've AJ's rented the master bedroom. You, I guess you could say. I gotcha. Yeah. So she's she's paying rent. She's the acting right. landlord. Gotcha. Uh, we had some superstar facts. Got to learn all about Chad Gable tonight. Represented the U.S. at the Pan Ams and Olympic Games in 2012. Well, it's good that uh, he's at least... Wait, he's on Raw. <laughs> yes, he's on Raw. <laughs> well. <laughs> oh, well. Okay. I, I don't know how, how these get decided upon. I, God, they feel like they're just literally pulled out of a hat hmm. of who they focus on. Andrade Cien Almas made his SmackDown debut against London, England's own Jake Constantino. If ever there was a, a British name, it's Jake Constantino. Constantino landed a drop kick and then was stomped down by Almas, hit the running double knees and hammerlock DDT to win in a minute 20. And then Zelina Vega cut a promo stating that they were expecting more here on SmackDown Live, insulted the locker room. They did not come to play nice, but to take over. And uh, a pretty uneventful debut. I mean, it was a squash. You know, it was there. Yeah. Didn't really, it really was what it should have been. Zelina got to Mike Tan. Yeah. My expectations are very low at the moment where I feel the idea of be patient and let's see where this goes has never been more uh, lower for me, at least in recent months. So when I watch a guy come up where I don't sense any direction, that gives me a little concern. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially for this guy who we just have seen him on fire the last six months. I would hate for him to be uh, closer to a no way Jose than a, um, God, I don't even know who a, a great example would be because no one's really on fire at the moment. Then a bone soldier? Uh, sure. Yeah. Bone soldier's d- doing fine since his introduction. I mean, bone soldier's uh, reemergence blew this away. Well, I mean, I, I bring him up because uh, his was a debut or a re-debut where you can directly see who his opponents were. Um, but And he was put into a major... He took out the junior heavyweight champion on his first night. It was a big, 
That's how you debut somebody. You make a big impact yeah. right away. You tell everybody this is a serious guy to get but behind. W- That's why I was a big, big proponent of that Brian debut last week. He could have done the Brian debut, where he could have just come in, beats Brian, and he's in the Money in the Bank. Oh match, yes, yes, yes. All of a sudden, you, you've you've told your audience yeah. this is a big deal. I just don't think they do that. They just don't. They start all their NXT guys from the very bottom. You know, here's a reintroduction, or here's an introduction. You know, Finn Balor. Finn Balor was one they they made a big deal of immediately. Pinned Roman Reigns his first night. So that's there true. are exceptions. Yeah, that's um, true. I guess they. Yeah, maybe they just they didn't see CN at that level. As long as we don't learn that Zelina is Andrade's sister, I think he'll be doing better than at least one particular raw talent. So we don't have to get too alarmed hmm. yet uh, for Andrade's first weekend. Rusev is in the back with Aiden English and. I guess like his own altar that has been set up and Aiden explains that London is the home of the pedestrian and insults London for their food and the Rolling Stones and English goes to sing a new song when Lana walks in and she's still doing her remnants of the Russian accent, but it is fleeting quick. It was really strange. This one, like, it's almost like she's trying to wean off of this accent instead of dropping it completely cold, but she's almost there. It really felt like it was back and forth. Like, when she yeah. started talking, the accent I thought was fully back. And then her next line, it was completely gone. She sounded like a like a Californian. And then <laughs> the next line, it was back. I, I find this the most fascinating thing. Yeah, she's a big debate amongst Lana now. Next week, she's going to have a qualifying match against Billy Kay. So... Like this made no sense. Like what? It seems like this. Uh, these qualifying matches are very hard to come by. But mm. Lana has been gifted one, right? Mm. For what? Well, and the idea is that her and Rusev can become Mister and Mrs. Money in the Bank and rule SmackDown Live. Yeah, I don't know if there's like a real r- rule that says why somebody qualifies for a Money in the Bank qualifying match. Uh isn't everybody at least getting a shot? Everybody in the division. Except Oscar. Well, Jinder Mahal isn't. Well, he was supposed well, to. that on Monday. I, 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 I mean, to. at least for the women. Oh, for the women. Well, I guess based on... Well, um, I'm, sur- I'm sure there's there's women that have not had the, the chance to have Man, it, a qualifying match. If, if you remember, they had all those people cutting selfie promos about uh, wanting to be in the money in the bank. Like you had... Yeah, where's the ascension? Yeah, where's gold dust? <laughs> Uh, so Billy Kay and Lana next week, that should be fun. So Mandy Rose beats Becky last week, but that was not enough to get into the match. She had to do it again this week in a triple threat. Yes. I'm just trying to understand the matchmaking here. Joe Silva, Paige is not. Then we had the Melibration. There was a town crier that came out to introduce Carmella from the Isle of Staten, Mm -hmm. which is a funny line, who beat Charlotte Flair twice and... Became champion of all women. Do you realize this? She she is the champion of all women, not just in this company, not just on this brand. Every single one. Yeah, yeah. I think it was their her his way of like flipping um women's champion. But sure. Yeah. They took the Matt Hardy approach to promos mm-hmm. and said, May God save Carmella. There was royal music and we had some guards come out, and then Carmella came out to her own song. 
and they went all out. This set was immaculate in the ring. We had a red carpet. We had leopard curtains in the corner, and most of all, we had a leopard pillow to place the title on. Mm -hmm. Elaborate. She said that she wanted all the fans to cheer for her. Instead, they booed and then called them not-so-great Britain. Mela's money. Mela's better than you. And then she goes on and on, ragging on the fans, used a British accent, telling them that she's better than them. And she's better than all the women in the WWE, including Ronda Rousey and the line that got the biggest heat. She's better than Trish Stratus and Lita combined. Yeah, wow. They did not care for this at all. So Paige comes out and she says, England, it's great to be home. Cheer me. And the fans chant, this is her house. I get the sense maybe they, you know, they scripted the segment expecting a more immediate reaction for Paige. Um, I felt like it took a second or two to really get mm-hmm. that reaction. Yeah, this this didn't feel like a gigantic uh, home country response for but Paige that, coming. That's a surprise. It was there, yeah. but it was... Not overwhelmed. It surprises me because I feel like she would have had that. Um, sure. Daniel Bryan was by far a bigger star than, you know, Paige. And I guess that's to be expected. But I wonder also if it's because Paige appeared in a backstage segment earlier. Or maybe, mm, I don't know, maybe the audience just doesn't. That's a great point. If they sat through that segment backstage, they probably would be muted here. Anyway, Paige says that Carmella's going to face someone at Money in the Bank defending her title. She says, no, I'm not. She says, yes, you will be against Asuka. Yeah. And then Carmella stormed off with her title. And I really believe this celebration. And it wouldn't even surprise me if it's the same for the Lashley segment next week where they will announce something a week out without really much of an idea of what they're even planning for this. Well, they we know that they ordered a carpet, uh, ordered a pillow, um, you know, maybe booked the town crier who I thought was great, actually. Um, yes, I, w- I wonder what his job was backstage during the day. Yeah, yeah. Announces catering, maybe. I don't know. The celebration in the end wasn't much. Um, I don't think we really got much of a promo from Carmella here. It really just, just only served as a backdrop for the uh, Asuka match announcement. Do you like this match? Um, Only if it means that the, the belt is coming off of Carmella. Yeah. Like, if it depends on the outcome. If uh, that... That might, inf- you're right, like it's, uh, would be really stupid in my mind to beat Asuka again, but reversing all of this and just putting the title right back on Asuka, that's, I would that's be, pretty dumb too. It's like, what, why, why did we do all yeah. this? Like, if that was the case, she really shouldn't have lost at WrestleMania. I'm, I'm, I'm heavily doubting that outcome today versus that night. Um, yeah. Given where both have gone and where this title has gone and, um, Completely, I, I could very well see Carmella beating Oscar too, which I, I think would be uh, pretty pretty damaging to Oscar. Yeah, let's think about this. Okay, so Carmella could have okay. So so we're at WrestleMania. It's Charlotte versus Oscar, and they decide that Oscar needs to lose because we want Charlotte with the belt so that she could lose the belt to Carmella. Carmella. Okay. So yes. now if Oscar kept the kept or won the belt at mania she would um have to face carmella anyway and 
I think we can assume that they wanted Carmelo with the belt, or at least they wanted a successful cash-in, so that means um, they had to have Carmelo beat Asuka, and they probably didn't want that. So instead, we're going to have Charlotte beat Asuka. This makes no sense. So we're going to have Charlotte beat Asuka just so Charlotte can lose to Carmella. And uh, now everybody's a loser. Like, I think Carmella is a... I, I think her promos are very good. I think she's, like, really good at this character. But it is... It kind of reminds me of when TNA was at their hottest with the X Division with Daniel, Styles, and Joe. And as good as the next level of X Division guys were, it was really hard for anyone to follow them because you had this great three-way X Division feud where you could go with either three of these as champions and it was the title was at a certain level and the title just is not going to be at that level when you're putting it on Carmella. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not at the Mella level. Yeah. Yeah, I I I'm I'm kind of interested to think about the um result of that match because I think it'll make a lot of people mad either way. My thinking WrestleMania night was that okay, Charlotte's winning this match because in their mind, the bigger match is Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. And this is putting more stock into Charlotte as the top woman in the company. And okay, if that's your big match to make, great. But here we are, and I I feel they, they've taken Charlotte down a notch or two since WrestleMania. Asuka, undoubtedly. And you've just you, you've come out of it where th- those two felt like really big stars during that match. And by the end of it, uh, a week later, two weeks later, I think both are significantly diminished at this point from where they were WrestleMania. Day. I think it also tells me that they, I wonder how far in advance they had thought of this Carmella Cashin um, bef- when she won it last year. Like, I wonder if they knew what they were going to do or if they just felt like, you know what, Carmella's a good candidate for this briefcase. She she hasn't won the, the, the title yet and she seems like somebody who would probably be at a certain level by this point that she'll be hot enough to, you know, have a, have a title, uh, reign. So, mm, I, I can't, I just, I don't, I don't know. So I, I say that because I wonder who they plan on putting the money in the bank on this year and uh, how far in advance they're planning for that right now. Lana. Lana's no, going to beat. There's Asuka. no way. Maybe, La- maybe Lana will beat Rhonda. Well, yeah. Renee is backstage with Shinsuke Nakamura. He's asking Renee what all these words mean, possibility. And then Renee uh, hands the microphone over, and Nakamura is explaining that he will win, AJ will lose, AJ will get a knee to the face, and then another, and another, and another. His nose will be broken, his cheek will be shattered, and his face gone before he takes his title. AJ will not have a face. They're going to have a face-off match. Great movie. A very good movie. Yeah. Do you realize, I, I didn't watch that movie when it first came out, and then I was, on a, I was going on a trip on a bus where they played it, and I was like so blown away that, it, no, this is literally a movie where a face comes off. It is the dumbest premise. I think for any type of action movie, but like I thought it was so funny. I like it. It shows you that like I think we, I personally, if you tell if you set the set of rules from the beginning, I will buy into it. You know, and it was I thought by the end it was totally fine. Yeah, they they replaced each other's faces. 
um, I guess bone structures and all. It's, it's, cosmetic surgery is that great in the mid nineties. Um, uh, it was ridiculous, but I think it's a classic. Amazing. So anyway, setting the the your sights high for a stipulation match here. Imagine if like AJ could become Shinsuke and Shinsuke becomes AJ. This this could happen in Lucha Underground. No, for sure. Becky Lynch, Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville in our three-way match. Shockingly, Sonya and Mandy uh, couldn't get along. Uh, we just took the Alexa and Mickey James angle from Monday and transported it into this match. Mandy lifted Deville onto her shoulders, and Becky came off with a missile drop kick. Deville hit a sliding knee to Becky for a two-count, and then Mandy misses Becky and takes out Sonya with a flying knee, goes for a roll-up. Becky turns into this, the disarmer and submits Mandy. So why she beat Becky last week, I, I have no idea. Uh, this week, Becky gets her win back, and she's in the ladder match. Yes. Uh, I feel like this win probably caught this crowd by surprise. I mean, I, I personally didn't feel like Becky was going to win. She seemed to be taking the place of, of, of uh, Bailey on Monday. Um, like, I only say that because it didn't, doesn't seem like Bre- Becky is much of a priority for them at all. Not being given that much screen time. Focus in this match was really on Rose and DeVille. Uh, but you know, Becky being in this match gives her some hope. I, I suppose she can be a candidate. Um, she's terribly underutilized. I would say at this point, uh, I would, I see way more upside in her than Bailey. Oh yes, 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 absolutely. So who do we have an updated, um, uh, the lineup yeah, for, for, for that women's match. Okay. So the women's match now has Ember Moon, Charlotte Flair, Alexa Bliss, and Becky. Uh, with four more qualifying matches. Right. So I guess uh, Kurt was not in a rush to get all of the women's matches done this mm-hmm, week. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll go over the men's sure. one after the end of the week. I mean, of those, I certainly look at you know, Becky and, uh, uh, who? sorry, who's the other one? Uh, Ember as, as you know, the two main, major candidates at the moment. Yeah, I don't, I don't like Alexa or Charlotte in that role. Um, no, they've and, already, yeah. they're already above it. There's a certain Unless, though, you know, you your your aim is Charlotte versus Ronda. Yeah, and if they're speeding up all this stuff with Ronda, that's not crazy that they might just look at that's the SummerSlam match. Mm-hmm. It's possible. So the show continues, and next week they announce the final men's qualifying match will be Samoa Joe against Big Cass. Okay, so there there were actually no more qualifying matches. So let, let's just quickly look at this. On the men's side, we have Braun, Finn, Miz, Rusev, Bobby Roode, Kevin Owens, and then a member of the New Day uh, to join Cass or Joe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Um, God, I could see Cass being put in that match. <laughs> yes, I can. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if Joe wins, I could see that too, I think. But he's also almost the type that doesn't need the briefcase. You know, the briefcase is kind of reserved for your chicken shit heel, right? Um, but then again, I could see them giving it to Braun, too, because they give Braun everything. And, you know, <laughs> no, I mean, well, he could just be a guy who's like, like, like Kane winning it, you know, just cash yeah, in that day. I mean, he, he could win and cash it in for SummerSlam with Lesnar. You could do something like that. I think of all the people, I don't think Miz needs it. I feel Balor has kind of fallen out and doesn't really work with him. Uh, rude. I wouldn't waste it on. I think Owens. It could be very, very salvaging to his current run right now to have something like that. That very well fits the Owens character to have that briefcase. It's true. I think it would 
salvage him, but I mean, I can also see them looking at Owens as, you know, he's already an established act. People recognize him. Typically, I feel like the money in the bank briefcase is used to push somebody up to his level. If it's if it's being used to elevate somebody, then it comes down to Cass or a New Day member, probably. I don't see Rusev winning. Mm. I mean, that's... I don't know. Mm. Some of the involvement, like, it, these names don't really... Nothing's jumping Generate out. a whole... Yeah, it's like these are not uh, characters that really... I don't know. It's. I'm sure the match is going to be good, but it's not. Uh, it hasn't grabbed my interest yet. Anyway, uh, we go to the main event now. Uh, first, we had the Samoa Joe promo. This was great. He said, "Ambition has made Cass a victim. The only thing about him big is his mouth, and he's dealt with fake tough guys like Cass before. Men that come up short when it's time to strap their convictions to their chest and walk through fire. And ambition has put a target on him." His ambition is the briefcase and the WWE title. And next week, we're going to find out how big or how small you are. You're an obstacle that I will put to sleep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Did, I love this guy's promos. They are just, th- this was the highlight of the show for me with this Joe promo. Did, did he not travel or something? Was he at that? He's there. He's there. Um, he's on the European tour. Okay. I guess he just, this was the only use for him on this show. I enjoyed you, you know. You know what he... I believe I would have to double check this. I think he's been doing the raw shows that he was originally advertised for before he moved over mm-hmm. so that it could have been a case where he was on the raw show Tuesday night and not actually in London on Tuesday. I see. I see that. That could be the case. Yeah. Uh, Cause sometimes the rosters, sometimes they update them after the shakeup, but others, they sometimes leave other guys on the other roster to even them out. So anyway, I'll double check that. But so, I mean, in the case, I find the match, kind of uh weird that they're doing this match because here we got an instance of one heel cutting a way better heel promo on an existing heel kind of cutting a babyface promo here i mean what's to not enjoy about this guy i I suppose so i suppose so but um like it almost felt like because he is opposing big castle much that he's almost coming into the defense of daniel bryan you know basically Mm -hmm. talking about how you you claim to be such a big bully but in in actuality people who talk like you are actually very uh, mentally short or something to that effect. But uh, I don't really get the matchmaking with this this one at all. I wish Joe was just a top heel champion on Raw at the moment. I think a lot of us do. I think you could. He kind of feels like odd man out, but I mean, this guy's having a, a tremendous, tremendous year. Well, we'll see how they book him. Oh, let's not, let's not get uh, too pessimistic. The Iconics had a promo with word association. London, ugh. Lana, loser. Billy, beautiful. Contract, champion, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's all in the delivery between these two uh, because sometimes the, they don't have a whole lot to say. I like this again. I thought I thought they were great again. To me, I think they the two of them have, have incredible chemistry and they are both yes. so... They, they both... Like they really do feel like a um, comedic act, um, like 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 a duo that you would see on in a stand-up setting or uh, an improv setting. Uh, yeah, they they they're, like their timing is tremendous. Yeah. Like they totally are in sync with one another. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I, you know, I, I guess I will say the fact that uh, they're not pairing them with Carmella, it almost feels like it's too much of that style of promo on the same show. 
Like so much so that if you weren't going to pair the two, the three of them together, maybe you should have put one act on Raw uh, and, and split them up that way. But, you know, I, I again, I, I enjoy these two. I think they rarely fail in these types of uh, scenarios. Main event, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura. Winner gets to choose the stipulation at Money in the Bank. Uh, Corey Graves has now dubbed uh, the bad vibrations in the corner that Nakamura delivered. He applied a dragon sleeper, and then Styles hit a desperation Pele kick, Kenta series. Nakamura comes back, misses with the Kinshasa, but hits the landslide for a two count. Styles went for a springboard and was knocked off balance. And then Nakamura landed a flying knee off the turnbuckle to AJ on the edge, only getting a two count. Sets up for the Kinshasa. Styles does the WrestleMania spot where he rolls through, going for the Styles Clash, which is blocked. Running forearm goes into a Nakamura boot. And then it, Nakamura hits a shorter version of the Kinshasa, which AJ kicked out of. Goes for another into a spinning heel kick from AJ. And then AJ goes for a springboard. Misses Nakamura, nearly takes out the referee. And the referee turns around and Nakamura has faked a low blow. And... AJ is distracted by this, takes an exploder suplex, and then is finished with the Kinshasa. And Nakamura pins AJ. Good match. Yeah. Um, maybe their best that they've had mm. so far? I wouldn't go that far. Which one do you think was the best? <laughs> uh, I'd say Backlash minus the finish. Well, I mean, I think the finish is a big part of it. So. Finish in point. I, I never felt like the audience got really into this. But that's what I would say for all their matches. Yeah. I well, mean, to me, this was a fine I don't know. I, I thought that I thought this was a good TV match, but it didn't to me. I think uh, they were all good TV matches. I, I didn't think this was as good as Rollins and Owens the night before. Yeah. And I wonder if I would say that about any of their matches thus far. Like, that's what I'm saying. You know, like at this point. I think my expectations are low enough that I just I, I I'm able to enjoy this for what it is. Styles versus Nakamura, a fine TV main event. Um, I'm not. Ex- we'll take what we can get. Yeah, I'm not expecting anything more more than that now. So I, I I was expecting more. I was expecting to at least get the the payoff to your show long story that we'd know what the stipulation was. Didn't even get that. Well, that's next week. They really got to milk this out. We have uh, we have several weeks, don't we? Ugh. You know, I'd look at a long break between pay-per-views as what a golden opportunity to get everything in place. You build a lot of anticipation. WWE is awful when it comes to having long breaks between pay-per-views. But you know what? That might have been the case maybe in in the 90s or 80s, but but it's it's difficult to do that. You know, it's difficult to fill TV time uh, 10 minutes, 20 minutes uh, every single week for for three weeks. Four weeks, five weeks. Well, it, it's difficult, but that's what you've agreed to be paid in exchange for your content for. So I think that if, if you're willing to cash that check, then you're going to get criticism if it's not compelling content. I, I'm just I'm very down on WWE creative at the moment. I just feel it's really in a in a rut for me overall. I can't tell you any storylines that I'm I'm deeply invested in mm-hmm. on either show at the moment. True. Yeah. And who, who would have thought we would be saying that when you look at this roster, right? Oh, like coming out of that shakeup and SmackDown, I was looking at SmackDown as just being like, what an awesome two hour show this is going to be every single week with this talent. And maybe it's going to find itself over the summer, but it's not there now. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's just, you know, the show is kind of just there. But they're making more money than they've ever made. Well, 
that's the thing I, I I talked a bit about it on the on the UFC show is that both the UFC and WWE they their businesses have so dramatically changed that as much as we can talk about booking or fights that the UFC is making, it's so trivial in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. It's so unimportant to the overall success of the company. They've never been less reliant either side on stars, on big attractions. It's it. They have such huge guaranteed television money that it's, it's cool if you've got big stars, but they are hardly in a position where it's, it's feast or famine if they don't. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as like I just, I just think like how little Vince gives a shit about people's Twitter complaints or message board complaints when he's just counting, counting those stacks. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, your overall assessment of SmackDown. Um. Yeah. Uh, Can you imagine a third hour of this? It was fine, I guess. Again, I I, I worry. This was this was my, I enjoyed this much more than I did Raw. Raw was a real challenge. Well, again, I worry if I I am just uh, too much of a victim of Stockholm syndrome at this point because maybe my expectations are just so lowered that I just I look at this as like, well, this felt like a standard edition of SmackDown. Should my expectations be higher? Like, if I was a civilian not doing this for a living, would I would I be that much more turned off? This was a standard Nathan for you. It was there. Yeah. <laughs> cool. It was it was two hours this week. Yeah, it was uh yeah. I, I I didn't laugh, but it was there. Yeah, this was it an was okay a... uh Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Yeah, you know. Yeah. He did some walking and there was uh a lot of talking and yeah, it's about the fourth time I've people. seen Tony Stark face off with Captain America. Didn't really fully live up to my expectations uh any of those times, but I guess this was the best one. Of the four movies they've had. Oh, we're just the worst. <laughs> well, the, you think we're the worst? Let's let, let's read some of these uh, forum comments. How about how about that? Let's do it. Forum.postwrestling.com. Uh, hey, before we do that, actually, uh, any yep. do you feel any desire to... to, to uh, I didn't watch 205 Live, um, but this was a more, more special edition featuring stars of their UK division. So yeah, if if we hadn't agreed to do this uh, earlier, I was gonna watch two hundred five live, and I, I I am gonna I actually might watch it after we uh, finish this show because it does look interesting this week. They have a lot of the the UK talent on the yeah, show. Yeah, Joseph Connors, James Drake, Flash Morgan Webster, Kenny Williams, and Tyler Bate all had uh, parts on the show. And uh, if, if this two hundred five live is dead, I'm totally blaming it on whatever the fuck they're doing with their their sound mixing because there's no way this show with that talent. Uh, in front of this crowd should sound sterile. Right, right. So, uh, so all those guys are confirmed to be signed. Is is that correct? Uh, if they're on TV, so, I I would assume the way they promoted uh, it. Well, was that this was uh, featuring the stars of their UK division? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, yeah, like your Flash Morgan Webster. I mean, pretty much. It, like they're relying heavily on on the Progress guys. Like it just seems that. If they're on TV, that they're part of this expansion. They all, that they're a number of them had speaking thing. roles too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you're gonna be probably there's probably gonna be a lot of names coming out soon that have been signed because they're they are being very aggressive now when it comes to securing all these performers up because of a uh, world of sport now committing to an actual season. So they are incentivized now to be scooping up all these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh. 
scale of one to ten. Let's see what everyone voted on. An eight point two. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> this forum gave this show an eight point. Okay, I'm, uh, let's let's figure out right now. Let's let's try. This to- has to be eight point two people that attended this live and are going to give us a drastically different representation of the crowd. Well, that's what I want to know. Is how, uh, let's let's see how many people actually attended live. It might be a high percentage. Jamie from London. This is the first TV taping I've attended outside of house shows, and I can't say I've been disappointed. As a UK viewer, to say I've walked away seeing a Nakamura Styles match in the flesh is something I never thought I'd be able to say. The other big takeaway for me is how over Daniel Bryan is. I feel he's being slotted in an upper mid-card role when he should be at the very top. It feels like deja vu with Bryan being positioned awfully and the fans trying their hardest to show WWE where he belongs. The only disappointment is no Joe, with his only appearance being a promise to find out how big or small Cass is. Brilliant. Doesn't anybody read these promos back to see how they sound? The show highlighted to me how SmackDown currently has a number of solid main eventers who can't all make the show, yet Raw is treading water with the extra hour. How can you compare Joe Bryan Styles, Miz and Nakamura against the top five of Raw is beyond me and seems backwards. SmackDown needs the extra hour. Let's not get crazy, Jamie. With Shayna Baszler performing so well in NXT, do you think Sonya Deville's days are limited in her current role? It seems they have two identical stars, not counting Ronda, who fit that MMA hybrid wrestler. They've really dialed it down with Sonya mm-hmm. and the the amateur MMA background to the point that... Well, they had Ronda beat the I, shit I, I think out of her. They had Ronda beat the shit out of her, and I, I feel that you know it's going to be a very loose characteristic of Sonya Deville, whereas... Ronda and then eventually Shayna are going to be presented as kind of your your fighters transitioned to pro wrestlers. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Up next, we go to Mark, who says, this is my first SmackDown show that I've ever attended live. And what a great experience our, it was. We found our answer. Daniel Bryan was over like Rover, and I honestly can't see why he isn't higher up on the card. He was the most over wrestler of the night by far, and it was a great beginning to to the show to get the crowd pumped up for the rest of it. I was disappointed not to see Rusev in person uh, and Samoa Joe. Rusev was the second most over wrestler, and it was cool that after the show ended, everyone was chanting Rusev Day while leaving the arena. Final thing I wanted to say, the Nakamura versus AJ Styles match was fantastic, and for me, was better than their WrestleMania match, and there were several This Is Awesome chants throughout. I feel this is the match that people should seek out and watch, as watching it live, it was something else and very enjoyable. The show overall highlighted to me how good SmackDown and their roster is. They should honestly do 205 first, as a lot of people were leaving the arena. The show had two great matches, and it was cool seeing Tyler Bate and Flash Morgan Webster again. He asks, are you both excited for the UK tournament at the Royal Albert Hall? And also, what do you think of NXT being a part of it, too? I think it's going to be a really good tournament. Um, The question is, if it's even going to be airing, on the network. I don't think it's going to be airing live. I'm pretty sure it's a, uh, let me just look at the dates here. I'm pretty sure it's the 8th and 9th. Of, oh, maybe that's not right. I'm pretty sure it's a Monday and Tuesday or a Sunday, Monday combo. So I don't even know if they're going to be airing it live. Um, but the, the UK tournament last year, I love those shows. They were uh, like one of my favorite uh, events, the WWE staged last year. And you insert, some of the NXT talent, I think you're going to have a terrific uh, tournament. And then Pete Dunn's defending the UK title against the tournament winner on the second night. Uh, so Personally, I prefer um, the way they rolled out matches like week by week rather than having everything come out 
basically in the span of like one or two days. Like just what the amount of content there is to watch. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. I'm a lot more likely to skip a lot of matches. Whereas, you know, if you do it like the Cruiserweight Classic and just put out maybe three matches a week, I'm a lot more likely to follow along. But maybe that's just me and how I prefer. Anthony writes, watching Daniel Bryan destroy Big Cass in the opening of SmackDown made me want to see this version of Daniel Bryan in the ring. A lovable babyface, but a dangerous technical wrestler inside who ruthlessly destroys his opponents by targeting a body part until he applies a submission based on that same body part, like the heel hook. Then again, that's Drew Gulak's character minus the babyface factory and people watching 205 Live. Well, I I agree. I, I think that Daniel Bryan should be altering his style, turn introducing new elements that shows an evolved Daniel Bryan mm-hmm. from the last version, changing things that to me, the best performers, uh, they constantly have that evolution. And there's a great kind of backstory that Daniel Bryan is coming back from this injury and he's totally adjusted his style. He is now more of a submission based wrestler and can break down anyone and it eliminates the size discrepancy. I think there's a lot you can do. And Daniel Bryan is one of the smartest people that I think could pull this off in a believable fashion. That's what I feel like I've been missing from this current run of Daniel Bryan, where I feel like a lot of his matches we've seen since his return have really just been quite formulaic, relying on a lot of basically, uh, I don't know, I think a lot of his... The greatest hits. Yeah, just the same spots and none of the maybe technical uh, innovation that I think we, or at least I personally expected with, uh, you know, his concussions. Uh, sorry, like me, like no change in style that I think we expected to come from, you know, his injuries. And uh, but I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm I'm looking for more of a glimpse of maybe uh, the old Daniel Bryan, like the the more technical Daniel Bryan to fit a style that I think is very much uh, in demand right now. Like I want to see know, Daniel Bryan do his take on the, a modern day type of Zack Sabre Jr. type of character. You know what he did at WrestleMania and then he did it um, the following TV against AJ is he does that missile drop kick off the top rope. Mm-hmm. And that's the spot where he got that stinger in that match with Randy Orton years ago. So he does it at WrestleMania, and he does it with AJ. And both times, he lands on the mat from the missile drop kick, and he's grabbing his head, and he's teasing like he's, he's got a concussion and clearly selling it for that response. And I'm watching this thinking... Like why in the why would you do that move? It's so stupid. Okay. Oh, you mean as a as in storyline why he would do it? Yeah. Like okay, you're gonna risk giving yourself a concussion for this missile drop kick that you have shown. Right. You hit the back of your head upon landing. Why would you do this? Mm, yes. Well, uh, the explanation I think in storyline is that he he needs to throw his body into all of his moves. That's how he knows how to beat his opponents. He has to, because he doesn't know any other way to wrestle. Well, the day he wins with the missile dropkick, I will (laughs) silence my critique of that move being a necessary weapon as he goes to concuss himself. Well, I mean, you know, saying that, like, I think that'd be a great um, tease, wouldn't it? Of If they were to to do some type of concussion storyline coming out of this, but I guess you can only do that uh once if you wanted to we go to mitch who says echoing what many said about smackdown having so many guys who feel important and raw killing an entire extra hour with the b team and no way jose do you think the idea here is 
Raw will do its number no matter what. And then SmackDown keeps up numbers with the more dedicated wrestling fans who want to see AJ, Nakamura, Brian, and Joe. If Raw were to hypothetically wind up on Fox, I really hope they'd feature all of their best guys and not parade around comedy acts in prime time. Also, I know you discussed All In yesterday, but with StarCast announcing the lineup today and the number of WWE Hall of Famers and Hunter's buddies, is this something WWE will have taken real notice of and care about, or is this a poor man's mania to them? I would guarantee you the WWE is paying attention to this show. When you're selling 10,000 tickets in the United States, I think it's absolutely on their radar. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they were... I mean, paying enough attention to the point where they see them as competition, though, like like they would treat this ITV thing, maybe not yet. Uh, uh, the cease and desist after that the, that mock invasion mm-hmm. that they did, I, I think that they're uh, definitely aware of them, 100%. They're aware, certainly. Um, but are they? do you think next year they will do something about this and, and put on a show to compete with All In? I think if they put a a live event in Chicago head to head with All In, they're not drawing ten thousand people. Yeah, I don't think so either. But um, like maybe some, they would be they they would be embarrassed if they put a show up against All In. If they booked the United Center, they could or do an the All State. They arena, could do an NXT show, like a takeover. Yes. Uh, there's there's takeovers that haven't done ten thousand people. Um, yeah, no, they, yeah, they they absolutely could. I mean, it's uh, kind of the. I, I don't feel that it would be in their best interest to do a show like that because I think it would be really perceived in, in bad will by the audience that is most likely that you would be drawing from to go to a takeover show that is engaged in this. It's, like, this is a very feel-good show, this all-in event, yeah. that the WWE would really be cast as the bullies in this. Definitely. Show. They already are. You know, by by its nature, this is already kind of your anti-establishment, anti-WWE show. Uh, but at the same time, like, look at how they've basically taken over that Saturday uh, on WrestleMania weekend from Ring of Honor and Supercard of Honor. They run head-to-head with those guys. And, you know, if they see a reason to draw money, I, I don't see why that they would stop them. But again, take but takeovers typically take place, you know, uh, like right before uh, WWE pay per view, and I could see the two kind of staying pretty far apart. But that doesn't mean that mm, it would be really petty if they did it right now. I think it's a bad look, and I also don't feel it's, you know, I don't think it would be a very uh, worthwhile endeavor for the WWE because what are you going to do if you were to run against All In? They've sold their tickets already. They've sold 10,000. And WWE, that's they don't do 10,000 people for, for mm-hmm. house shows. And uh, yeah, sure, you could, you could do a takeover, but it would I, I don't think a takeover would do 10,000 in that market, given that there's already 10,000 people that are traveling to All In. Could you see um, them using All In as sort of like a you know, good gauge of, of perhaps what, what, uh, what talent is out there for uh, NXT, perhaps? If they're smart. Yes, yeah. and who who and, would you pick from the roster that's out there right now? Aside from, I guess maybe some of the obvious, but uh, at all in, yeah. Um, really, I'm sure. I mean, I'm. I feel like everybody on at all in is probably already on their radar. It's almost like an all star show of like. There's there's talent. no one that's going to be on that show that you could say, well, they're they're not right. They anybody on there could easily transfer over. Mm-hmm. Um, the the question is like, who would they? 
legitimately be able to get. Yeah. You're not able to sign an Okada today. You're not able to get the Bucks today. You're not able to get a Cody. I don't think that those guys would be heavily swayed by whatever uh, WWE could make a stupid offer to any of them, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Maybe they'll sign Flip, was, uh, Flip Gordon. Flip. Yeah, maybe maybe Flip could could come on, on board. If I'm Flip Gordon, I wouldn't leave what, what He'd be on 205 Live. It was funny. Someone brought this up, and I can't remember who it was, talking about after they sold 10,000 tickets for this event and talking about the, the effect that WrestleMania has on all the surrounding events WrestleMania weekend and posing the question, well, what impact does all the surrounding events have on the WWE's business of people that are traveling there that True. end up, hey, I'll go to WrestleMania, but what's getting me on a plane and booking a hotel for three nights is all the other stuff and how much, like, I don't think you can any longer categorize this as, you know, uh, hardcore fan base or anything underground. When you are selling 10,000 tickets to an event, mm-hmm. it's, it's a much larger audience than I think people give credit to. And the amount of money that these fans are willing to spend and travel to multiple times a year. There are fans that I guarantee have gone to New Japan and Long Beach two weeks later went to Mania Weekend, are probably going to San Francisco, and they'll go to SummerSlam, and they'll go to All In. There are those fans that probably are going to at least three, if not all of those events. Even if a, like they, even a t- they will travel to for big wrestling. Even the type of fan that is only going to two of those four things, I think is already... That's incredible. Yeah. Imagine doing two trips, two vacations a year that you're building around wrestling mm-hmm. events. We're not even talking about the type of fan that'll probably fly over to Wrestle Kingdom, or Dominion, or the G1. But right, but there, there, there's, a, there's probably a growing number of all of those types of fans. Um, how it'll affect the WWE's business? I mean, you can argue that maybe that pie is bigger than ever, so maybe there's enough to go around so that it's not necessarily completely threatening. Like I think WrestleMania will do just fine next year. Um, oh, sure. SummerSlam, it's... I think will do just fine too. So, uh, we'll take o- quietly takeover tickets for the Barclays Center SummerSlam weekend went on sale Friday mm-hmm. and I've heard no figure for that and I'm pretty sure they didn't t- sell 10,000 tickets the first day. Yeah. Yeah. So that's well, do you think they will sell out by the time they get there? I think it'll be pretty full by the time SummerSlam comes around but anyway it wasn't a 30 minute sellout but hmm. different kind of show as well. One other point I'm just going to make on this as well is that every year we, we've talked about uh, PWG and you know they they do very well for themselves, but they want to stay at a certain level. And watching this, the money they leave on the table every year for Bola, it's insane. I, I completely understand. Yeah, I'm not but, saying ten thousand tickets are being sold for Bola, but I do feel they could probably sell three to five thousand tickets per night. Well, they're the, sorry. Well, they're moving to the this new venue this year, and how much does that hold? The Globe Theater is not a; it's still under a thousand, I believe, right. in the setup. So it's it's still you know it's it's much bigger than the Legion. Post. It's certainly uh, I think I'm sure everybody is you know I'm sure the the organizers are are probably quite aware of what they can do. It's just like I I have a real respect for for somebody choosing to keep intimacy and choosing to keep you know something as small as they can in order to make it feel special. I'm sure yeah, at five thousand, I, I do too. I. I've never been one that has been clamoring for PWG to get bigger. I think that they they're happy making what they're making. They're they're not 
they're not by any means struggling. Not at all. Mm -hmm. I just think that what we assumed is their ceiling is much bigger than we anticipated. Oh yeah. Like PWG, it's, it's an enormous ceiling above what they're currently fulfilling for, at least for Bola. I'm not saying every rank and file PWG show would do monster numbers. Hey, although, but I think every year for Bola, I think that that's a really hot ticket. Yeah, 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 certainly. Let's go to Brendan from California. Has Lana been off TV too long to remember how to do the accent or are they phasing it out? It's all over the place these days, but I'm hoping today with them scrapping a Rusev English breakup since there didn't seem to be any dissension between Lana and Aiden this week. I am going to be, I'm also going to be hopeful that Asuka will pick up the title at Money in the Bank and get her momentum back. Lastly, despite them having these wrestling light shows lately, I've been actually liking SmackDown a lot. I love the main event tonight. Can't wait for John's opinion of Total Bellas. Will Birdie try the high dive? Yes, Daniel Bryan takes his baby swimming. High dive? The promo. Well, oh. I don't think she's actually doing a high dive, oh, okay, but okay. is going swimming nonetheless. Yeah. Um, don't know that no tease of the of any dissension between Lana and Aiden, but that doesn't mean that uh, they aren't just you know holding off on that. Yep, it's possible. Okay, we go to uh, the partial package from Pittsburgh, who says, "Well, well, well, how the tables? <laughs> Sorry, how the? Okay." How the turntables, he says. The spots, psychology, mind games, and selling of the groin in the AJ Nakamura feud leads us to the obvious stipulation of jock strap on a pole match, bro. Seriously, need to see a payoff involving iron underwear. Shades of Goldberg spearing Bret Hart with the chest plate on. Okay. Also, seeing John Cena's failed facial hair last week, why? who would you say had the all-time best facial hair in the business? The best facial mm, hair in the business. Interesting. Well, man, big big bully Busick just passed away, and that mustache was a thing of beauty that he sported. Mm, um, trying to think. This is a great Jordan Breen question. He's already off the top of his head. He's great with like lists of innocuous. Um, there there have been a lot of very thick beards. Um, great facial hair. Trying to think of. You know, Rick Rude had a great beard. Mustache? He had a great mustache, yeah. too. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. That's a, th- th- why don't you guys let us know? Best facial hair. Your turn. This is a great uh, yeah, forum topic, people. Lewis from Long Beach, a solid show. Good to see them start Andrade off strong with a squash match. I was hoping to see him slotted into Money in the Bank, but with the Joe Cass match announced next week, those hopes are dashed. Is all well within Rusev Day. No signs of dissension this week, but only time will tell. Based on who's in the Money in the Bank match now, who do you think makes the most sense to get the briefcase? I have to echo pretty much everyone's sentiment that the AJ-Shinsuke match was the best one they've done thus far. The finish made sense and tied into everything that has come before without resorting to another non-finish. Give me a good step and more of this at Money in the Bank and I'll be happy. All right, well, we kind of went over the Money in the Bank and as the weeks get closer, we'll, uh, we'll do a more thorough preview. Finally, Brandon from Oshawa. Daniel Bryan looked better tonight than in all of his returns so far. He needs to just start doing random submissions in his matches like ZSJ. I think the men's money in the bank match is looking like one of the best in recent memory in terms of who could win it. You can make a legitimate case for every guy in there, and there are so many interesting scenarios. SmackDown continues to be so much better and easier to watch than Raw. I definitely don't find myself wanting to fall asleep when I watch it. 
Wow. Well, there you go, folks. So that was the 8.2 edition of Raw. Holy of shit. Smackdown. That's really high for, for our yeah. forum. I know. That's what I was saying. I was shocked. Yeah. Well, everyone seemed to have enjoyed SmackDown. That will wind down the show. Uh, but before we uh, we plug other stuff, I want uh, Way. Can you let people know how they can be entered into a draw to win a post wrestling T shirt? Yes, that's right. If you are a patron of the Post Wrestling Cafe, which uh, I know many of you listening are, cafe or sorry, postwrestlingcafe.com. I should probably figure that out. Uh, every month we are going to do a draw for four T shirts to give away to all of our patrons. The way we are going to do this is we're going to give two shirts a month away for anybody in the $6 one milk one sugar tier and anybody above that tier in the $12 and up tier we are going to give two shirts away so if you're above the $12 tier there are far fewer of you so you have a much better chance to win one of two shirts and then if you're in the $6 tier we'll be giving out two shirts in that tier too so just make sure you go to patreon.com slash pledges and update or add your shipping address into uh, your profile just so we could see it because we can only draw if we have shipping addresses attached to your profile. Cool. So there you go. You can be a proud owner of a post wrestling t-shirt and uh, that's going to be it for me and way Wednesday night. We will have a new edition of British wrestling experience. Martin and Benno will be coming at you. Uh, you can get all that information at postwrestling.com slash subscribe and you can get uh, all signed up and get your free episodes of British wrestling experience every other week. Thursday, we've got a new edition of Up Next with Braden and Davey. And then Friday, Way and I are back with our big Captain America Winter Soldier review for members of the post-wrestling cafe that, as Way mentioned, you can go sign up for now. So lots of stuff to discuss this week. A wide range of things that we are covering here at Post Wrestling. So go check it out, and we'll speak with you later this week.